Where does fundraising start? Well, we're going to talk about that today and give you some practical tips to have a great beginning towards successful fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the Fundraising School. I'm joined today by Dr. Gene Temple. He's the Dean Emeritus of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And it is because of Gene that the Fundraising School came to Indiana University, around which then was built the Center on Philanthropy, which then became what we know today as the School of Philanthropy. And that came from a gift from Dr. Henry Rosso, the inventor of the Fundraising School. And Gene, Dr. Rosso said that we should not fundraise with apology. The same thing can be said about our board of directors. We should not recruit to our board with apology. Our board is a special place and our board of directors is where fundraising starts. Yes, I think that's I think that's correct, Bill. And uh, Hank um, Hank uh, preached this, uh, and I, I say preach in a loving way. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that you know we should not we should not do fundraising work with apology. It's pride. We substitute pride for apology in the, in the way we talk about fundraising. And of course, a lot of research shows that we should in fact take pride in it because it's a prideful experience for the people who contribute. Right. The same is true for board service. So we we should also recruit people. Uh, to our boards from a position of strength. Our organization is doing good work in the community. Our organization has the possibility of offering people satisfaction from service on our board, and therefore it's a, it's a commodity, if you will, that, uh, that, that people should honor and appreciate and, and, uh, and, uh, and respect. So that when we recruit people to our board, we should use the same approach as we would in fundraising. We should look for people who have a passion for the organization. We should look for people who can make a commitment to fulfill the expectations we have of our board members and recruit them from a position of strength. If we do that, uh, we will in fact end up with people who are more energized about and who will participate more fully in our board of directors. So there are responsibilities that board members have in terms of setting the strategy, overseeing the financials, making sure the nonprofit stays legal, coming to meetings, uh, you know, donating to the organization, finding other funders for the organization. There are all these different responsibilities. Gene, when we talk about board recruitment and maybe some of our colleagues doing this with a sense of apology, what advice for you do you have for them in terms of having confidence to set expectations before people join the board? I, I sort of sense that people are like, gee, I don't know if I can really ask them to do that. But you know, they're going to give us their name and maybe their Rolodex and come to a meeting or two. Can I really set expectations for them? How do you respond when you hear that? Well, the, uh, the research about setting expectations in all uh, aspects of our lives is pretty clear. Mm -hmm. That if we set expectations in grade school, high school, if we set expectations in our courses among our employees, etc., people will try to live up to those expectations. The, the problem with not setting expectations is that we, we will in fact, we will in fact try to impose expectations on them after they've joined our board and then we're disappointed when they don't fulfill those expectations. And, and they might be disappointed in themselves and feel awkward about the fact that they're on that organization's board without meeting those expectations. So it's, it, it, we need to lay those expectations out ahead of time. If we expect people to come to every board meeting or to attend four out of five board meetings or you know, whatever that level is, then we should let people know in the beginning because if they can't make that number of board meetings, uh, then they shouldn't, they shouldn't accept the position. I mean, everybody who sits on a board is taking up valuable space 
for the organization and for the community. And when they're simply there and not functioning well in that board seat, they're, they're occupying real estate that, that has some value uh, to both inter internally and externally. So we should make sure that we set the expectations. And by the way, we all expect people to make a gift. Right. And so we need to put that on the list of expectations. It, if we don't put that out there and later surprise them with, well, we really would like you to consider a gift of at least $1,000, or we'd like you to make this organization one of the top three charities, if you haven't put that on the expectations list, that becomes awkward then. Don't be surprised then if they don't make that, that gift. That's correct. And guess what, Bill? The next thing is we're afraid to ask them to get involved in fundraising. And again, if we don't put that on the expectations list, that we expect our board members to get involved in fundraising at one level or another, that not, that not everyone's going to be comfortable right away with asking for a gift. But if we don't put it out there that we expect them to be involved in two or three or four different ways that we can itemize, then again, we should not be surprised or disappointed if they don't do that. So we don't fundraise with apology. We don't recruit to our board with apology. Our nonprofit organizations are special places, making the world a better place. And you're inviting people to uh, come in and help govern and oversee that organization. That is a significant responsibility. So set your expectations up front. If somebody can't meet those expectations, they can still be a friend of your organization. They just can't serve on the board and they need to make a gift and fulfill these other responsibilities uh, so that they can help strengthen the organization moving forward. Gene, all of that is true and especially so when we think about diversity on our boards. And so in this podcast, we're talking about board recruitment as it helps fundraising. Where does diversity fit in? Diversity is right in and of itself. It's just the morally correct thing to do, of course. But then when we think in practical terms about fundraising, why is diversity important? Well, I think uh, diversity is important for two, uh, from two, for two aspect, uh, aspects. It, as you said, Bill, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the ethical thing to yeah. do, to have a board that represents the community at large. Uh, bo most boards are underrepresented uh, by, in terms of uh, gender. Uh, so women, there's under, so the underrepresentation of women. And almost all boards are underrepresented in terms of people of color. So as, the, as, um, as um, society changes and philanthropy changes with society, uh, people of color are becoming uh, more and more important in, in, the, in philanthropy for mainstream organizations. Now, people of color have always been philanthropic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They've, uh, they've been philanthropic in, more informally than formally sometimes. Uh, they have been um, often philanthropic to organizations that that fit their, uh, their ethnic uh, identities, et cetera. But they're becoming more and more important in supporting mainstream organizations as well. And as our communities change, our boards need to change with that. Um, th and this is probably the most difficult thing for organizations to undertake. And most organizations, uh, if, they haven't, if they haven't experienced diversity or haven't worked at diversity, they sometimes will not know where to begin. And so they end up recruiting people that look more like yeah. themselves, people that run in, you know, run in their in their circles, so to speak, and they don't get out of the out of the little cycle that they're in. So we need to take special efforts. Who who is it we can talk to uh, in the community that has connections to the people that we'd like to recruit to our board? So we should need to make special efforts uh, to recruit people who represent the entire community.
And again, there are those mavens, so to speak, those connectors who are tied into different demographics in our local communities. You could start there, let them know of your interest. And certainly not that we're looking for tokens, but people who care about our cause, who yes. are gonna be fully participant. We're not looking to check a box. That is not what this is about. We want to have the best possible strategy. And people from different backgrounds have different viewpoints, and that's gonna make our strategy better. And Gene, certainly we always want to endeavor to do our best to bring our community, our society, our culture together. But people from different demographics also have different relationships and different strands of relationships. And diversity helps us in that regard in fundraising as well. It's, it seems like we can meet more people the more diverse board that we have. Yes, I, I think that's true. And um, certainly, and, and people who come from different backgrounds, different uh, ethnic backgrounds, different experience backgrounds in the community will also have uh, different uh, uh, perspectives about uh, you know, the development of policy for the organization, et cetera. Uh, one of the things that I recommend to organizations is they develop a grid with uh, the board names down one side and across the top uh, in, in vertical columns, they simply list the characteristics that they seek on the board, including the, including the, um, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the characteristics of, of, of ethnicity, uh, age, for example, mm -hmm. most boards are too old, most boards are too old, they're too white, and they're too male, yeah. right? That's, that's most people's, most organizations' problem. So list, list that, but all of a sudden you'll discover even though you're getting some diversity on the board, everybody's still over 65. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so the, the organization needs to say, you know, we, we understand that we need to now recruit some younger people. And so they'll make deliberate effort to try to recruit, recruit younger people. But then list the kind of characteristics you want in your board member. What, it, what are the skills that you're looking for? And all of a sudden you'll discover your board's mostly made of accountants and lawyers. Right. And that's not gonna be a good thing for the organization. There are a lot of other skills that the organization needs to have, a lot of other perspectives that the organization needs to have. And so sometimes it means recruiting to fill those, you know, bring in those perspectives. And we're not just checking boxes, but we're right. bringing in some different voices to our board. Different voices, different perspectives, and different types of Rolodexes to increase the number of people who know about us. Certainly diversity can look at aspects like gender and race, but also as Dr. Temple mentioned, age, profession urban, suburban, rural, uh, yes. you know, all these different types of aspects that folks come from uh, different parts of our community that can help us be a stronger nonprofit, which is most important and is the ethical right thing to do, which is most important, but can also help us fundraise more successfully as well. Uh, we have a course coming up on board engagement and fundraising. We're gonna talk about the expectations of boards. We're gonna talk about how, when those are met, the organization can fundraise more successfully. And yes, we're gonna be talking about recruitment. Yes, we're gonna be talking about diversity. And you can register for this class. In fact, if you have a board member and a staff member, both of you can come for just one registration because we want that board member to go back and talk peer to peer to her or his relationships on the board to help the board become more active. Information about that course and all of our courses is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu where you can also learn about our custom training, our webinars, our podcasts, our research, everything that can help you be successful in your fundraising efforts. I'm Bill Stanjakovich and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School.